0: you fuck that was brothers and sisters but it is tuesday april the 4th 2023 Bob limp doc and this is your good friend dan talking from someplace on planet earthitoid yes we are in an orbis, a blue orbus as they say floating through the infinity of space If you add up all of our velocities, we're moving like, I don't know, 30 or 40,000 miles per hour out towards the edge of the universe. If there was enough time, we might get there to the edge. And then what would we do, brothers and sisters? If you got to the edge of the universe, if you got to the photonic barrier, if you got to the place where every photon that was emitted during the Big Bang reached the ultimate edge, And by the way, the edge keeps moving. It keeps moving at the speed of light. From the beginning of time until the end. The edge of the universe expands outward at the speed of light. From the beginning of shithole world till the end of craptopia. It is April the 4th, 2023. It's almost 930 AM here in well, Scompton, Utah. Here in Scompton, not far from the Uinta Mountains, not far from where the wookie people spend their springtime planning their games and making bubba babies. Yes, not far from where the Wookiee people make their bubba bu- babies Yeah. So I have been trying to come up with a plan B, C, and D post-recovering from my injury. And my arm's getting better. I mean, it's not 100% yet, but I can see 100%, and it's sometime in early May. At least it feels like it's going to be that way. So I need to float my resume and I need to play pretend and I need to to get into the game and it's just the way it is, okay? I'm not going to be a complainer. I mean, I I get enough of that bullshit from people in the crypto Bitcoin world. They have filled up every ocean of complaint that exists, every complainer ocean, completely full from the tears of every fucking crypto freak. I have a stable coin. I invested in LightSpeed. I have a crypto blog. Will you buy my money? Will you buy my money? <laughs> and the answer is no, fucker. You keep complaining. Just keep complaining. I, I honestly, folks. I want to live in a free market. I don't want to I don't want to beat up on crypto too much but I want to live in a world where there's a free market. Sadly I was born on the Death Star just like you if you were born in the United States of America. So even though you might want to live in a free market in reality the best you can hope for is a limited restriction floor of the Death Star where you get to LARP capitalism. But in reality if the capitalism is threatening the Death Star, the Death Star always wins. That's why they're gonna bail out Silicon Valley Bank. That's why any banking crises we have at this point isn't is it really is an automatic. That the at least those with lots of money will get bailed out. It's it's an automatic. It it's something you all agreed to for your stimulus checks back in 2009 nine or eight or whatever. Whenever yeah, I think it was nine, but We all kind of agreed to it because we kept voting and we kept paying our taxes. Well, I didn't, but you did. But the point is you agreed to it. So now you're fucked. And nobody's going to save you. Trump's not going to save you. But I would love to live in a free market. And if I did, and there was a kind of money that was convenient and fast and secure, and keep in mind that security meaning privacy is critical to me. I don't want a log of my transactions. I don't care if it's my public key shithead. The public key is a unique key. Once you, once you correlate that with an infinity of other softer keys, you can build a picture of who the fuck owns that coin and what the fuck they did with it. So shut the fuck up about the public key on the blockchain. It's a shithole arrangement. It is, as a computer scientist, the only way to solve the distributed logging problem if you want to have a means by which you can verify that the event occurred. And if you're interested in logged event verification, the, blo- the blockchain is really, really special. But the problem is there are very few uses in the real world where that's practical. In terms of money, it's slow as fuck. It's unreliable. There is an equivalent of digital coin clipping that occurs within the networks. So in terms of the blockchain being functional as a kind of money, right now it's not it. But if we lived in a free market and somebody paid me in a kind of currency I could use, I will use it. It isn't that fucking complicated. If you give me a VCR in 1980 and say, look at this motherfucker, you can watch porn on it. I'm not going to be spending a lot of time dwelling on it, because I'll take it home, I'll plug it in, I'll put in the fucking Beyond the Green Door, or Debbie Does the Deep Throat, or whatever the fuck would have been on a VHS tape in 19-fucking-80-bull-blimp-dot, and it'll either work or it doesn't. But if it kind of doesn't work, if it takes an unpredictable amount of time to play out, like, I don't know, non-deterministic, and then by the end, by the time it's done, when I pop out the fucking VHS tape, it's chewed up. OK, that's been my experience with Bitcoin. It, it, it's not the VCR. It's not the Internet in 1995 or 94 or whatever. It is a way of taking actual work and chewing it up. It is the broken windows fallacy turned in a kind of game. And I, I don't think people get it yet. They will. Well, actually, they won't. I don't think there's enough time left in the game for a lot of people to get it. And I don't think the crypto people will. But they certainly will have horrifying experiences transcending that Kubler-Ross process, moving forward, so to speak. If they live, they get to meet Bubba at the gas station. He's not taking Bitcoin, but he might take 20 minutes with your beautiful wife, though. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, the future is not AI perfect. There'll be no fucking FEMA camp. You'll be left to die alone, shithead. With your family. Starving. No electricity. It won't be a toilet paper shortage. Anyways, um, I don't want to go off on a tangent any further. It's just that would I use something like Bitcoin in a free world? Sure I would. And would I use something like Bitcoin today if it was truly anonymous and truly secure? Yes, I would. And in addition to that, as a practical matter, I have to be able to work with people in relationships where they have the currency and I have to be able to use it to buy shit. So assume implied in all that is that there are stores around me that will take this magical currency if this magical money existed today that was truly secure fast reliable no fucking long-term infinite ledger fuck you which again implies it's not going to work really not the way that the decentralized folks want to work if it was actually like that I would do it it's why I like gold and silver brothers and sisters gold and silver can meet every characteristic of what I require from money. And if your argument is, well, somebody can come and steal it from you, somebody can steal your fucking computer and your server. Somebody can steal your fucking video cards. Believe it or not, shithead, if crypto really did take off, people would be ripping off your servers. They would be. And, And I don't know if you have super deep pockets, maybe you do. But they'll rip off your servers, they'll rip off your fucking coins, they'll take everything you fucking have. And since we've seen it happen, don't tell me it can't happen, shithead. I've heard that too many fucking times. It's kind of like the hooker that. Remember the hooker that gave you her gave you crabs. <laughs> said she'll never give you crabs again but then she gives you herpes and and the hooker that gives you herpes so i'll never give you herpes again well you know you get it once it's good enough it's it's potent that way but but she gives you syphilis i don't need to hear from the crypto Well, that'll never happen again fuck you it happens every other fucking week and if it's all bullshit by the way If all the media's bullshit and the stories about crypto's downfall are bullshit, then the same rule applies to all the uplifting positive crypto stories, asshole. So that entire media issue washes itself out under a fucking label called lies. Anyways, I don't want to spend any more time on this. So yeah, I've been talking about planet B, C, and D, and that was the start of the rant about crypto. And, um... Right now I have a couple ideas, but truly it probably means I end up getting some type of shitty code monkey job, hopefully not like the one last summer where I was working on software for local governments to, yeah, manage property taxes. Not, not really something an anarchist can get into. But who knows? Who knows? Maybe I find some shitty ass job on the Death Star. Who knows? Maybe it'll be in the blockchain because it's so successful me tell you something i've had a couple blockchain interviews you might as well just tell just say to me fuck you old man and by the way as part of your marketing campaign to pull in all that money is fuck you old man then you have a bunch of problems mr and mrs crypto shithead anyways no uh, there will be no crypto jobs um i don't know thought about tutoring um thought about tutoring thought about Maybe doing some teaching, but not through the public schools, on my own, privately. It's not the craziest idea. I know I can do it. I know I have the academic credentials to do it. Thought about doing it. Thought about doing some teaching, because maybe I can make some money that way. I don't know. I mean, I'm at the point now where it's like, I don't really know that I believe 2024 is going to be a thing. It's not to say there won't be people next year but it's just as likely that next year is year zero. I don't, you know, I joked about year zero in late 2019, but what I should have said is that we're closer to year minus one or two. I just didn't see the full picture yet. The thing about these types of events is that you don't really quite understand them until you're in the middle of them. But for the most part, we've had a lot of bullshit. A lot of highly manipulative psychological warfare bullshit. Um, the actual thing, in my opinion, whether it's the collapse of the dollar, best case scenario, or worst case, something I don't want to talk about, the actual thing's going to be pretty bad. Anywho, looking for a job. While I'm thinking about this, I decided to watch a show I had not watched since I was a kid. And the show is Little House on the Prairie, getting to the first topic. And I hadn't. I hadn't really watched this show since I was a kid. I've watched other shows more than once if I like them. But Little House on the Prairie is one I just, it's almost like my stomach started making that cringy feeling. Every time I'd see a, a DVD or other type of, you know, maybe a VHS, here's the collection of Little House on the Prairie. Every time I'd see stuff like that, you know, oh, you can watch it on Netflix or whatever. I'd say to myself, no, Dan, this, this feels gross. It feels really gross. But I decided to start, you know, watching The Little House on the Prairie, and I'm up to season four now. You know, pretty late in season four. It's, it's okay. So I've got a quote from Dr. Freckles, and then we'll drill down into this. Watching Little House on the Prairie in 2023 is very fucking depressing. Dr. Freckles, that's not very profound, but that's kind of what I'm getting at, and it's depressing on multiple levels. One level is that you have this kind of almost idyllic existence, idyllic, whatever. It has tragedy. People die. I mean, we're going to get into that. But on the other hand, people are mostly living without a lot of the bullshit we live with every day, and they don't have the 24-hour news cycle, which we shouldn't put that down as, a, as an irrelevant topic. It's hard to say, but I think the purpose of the CNN to begin with, the purpose of the 24-7 news was to keep people so filled, their buffer space so filled with garbage, that they just they can't make any rational decisions. There's no space for rational thought. And then you add in the smart device, so-called, and basically people, you know, when people talk about the robot apocalypse. Brothers and sisters, I, I took the bus to Redmond from Seattle. If you ride the bus to Microsoft and you don't know that you're already in the robot apocalypse, you're a dumbass. You're a fucking dumbass. Yeah, it's 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 not idyllic in the sense that nothing bad happens. But in terms of the scale of existence and the richness of their lives, if that show was true, yeah. But here's the other part of it the part that makes me depressed is that i believe that fucking garbage because that's the thing if you if you actually watch little house on the prairie there's a lot of woke as fuck bullshit in that show I'm not saying it's all garbage and garbage people, but there's a lot of garbage people bullshit. And you can already see in Little House on the Prairie the desire of the media to inject their bullshit in very subtle fucking ways into the storyline so that all of a sudden people are saying, "Okay." a good example is leukemia. When I was a kid, people got cancer. Of course they did. I was born after 1970. We, we'd been pissing and pooping on the planet for a while before then. And my dad may or may not have been exposed to some kind of radioactive bullshit post Operation Crossroads 1946. I don't know for certain. I, I might have been fucking, you know, messed with by a CIA spook wife friend of my mom. Fuck, isn't it fun to be Dan. Here's a file. Here's a folder. Take a look, you shithead. No, I won't give it to you. I'll hold on to it like a prop. Yeah, in a PSYOP. Anywho. um, Yeah. Leukemia. Kids got cancer when I was growing up. Kids died. We had a girl when I was 10 years old who died in our class. And she died of meningitis. And I don't know if it was viral or bacterial, but the point is she died. And so people die. But I got to tell you, whether it's cancer or autism or dementia or a whole list of other forms of bullshit, to include the 50 bazillion forms of autoimmune that exist at this point. Most of the kids I knew growing up, most of the parents, they didn't have issues with this. And then over the years, it got worse and worse and worse. And now we're told basically, well, it's because we didn't monitor. There was always half of people were always autistic. We didn't monitor it. Or maybe that's bullshit. Okay. The one thing I will tell you is that when I was watching Little House on the Prairie, when I was a kid, I was growing up in Skagit Valley fucking Washington. If you can imagine Skagit Valley, Washington in the 1970s, the Rusins were the Olsons. you know, you can figure that shit out, you know, I don't think they were necessarily as bad as the Olsons, but they were, for all practical matters, like that. They ran the entire cocaine tulip bulb trade. I say cocaine because I don't know for a fact, but man, there was money in those tulips, so who knows. But in all serious in all seriousness, brothers and sisters, the Puget Sound and Skagit Valley back in the 70s was radically fucking different than it is today. Not linear different. Not yo, oh, you're an old man. No, I'll stake my claim on this and fuck you with your old man bullshit. It was very different. It was different enough that if you were living in the Skagit Valley back in the 70s, you could delude yourself into believing that the storyline of Little House on the Prairie as a TV show. I never read the books. Maybe the books were true. But the storyline of the TV show um, might have seemed true. Like, yeah, that could have been like that. It could have been like that. The world could have worked that way. But knowing what I know today, I know that Little House on the Prairie, even if there were the onesies, twosies, like Laura Ingalls, Probably for a lot of people and and, and actually if you watch the TV show they intimate this but they don't go into it For a lot of people. It was probably pretty fucking hard. Who knows? I Don't know. We don't know. I do know that they did a lot of things in the show To kind of like take topics like leukemia and make them a thing and I wonder to myself Was leukemia such a thing back then that it was really a fixture of a Laura Ingalls story? Who knows maybe it was I never read her books. Who the fuck knows? Um, But overall, I tell you, the show was a lot of bullshit. And it still is. It's funny bullshit. It's absurd bullshit. You know, that little kid Carrie Ingalls, she seems like she's used up. I mean, that's the one thing I'll say too about the show is that the little girl Carrie Ingalls for most of the seasons is just kind of a A prop, a fixture, she's like the car that explodes in the movie. You have no connection, no stakes, and they kind of treat her like garbage, you know. So I don't have to tell you. I don't know. But if you want to get depressed in 2023, watch Little House on the Prairie, because it will do it. Either it'll do it because you'll say, oh, I wish I could have lived in that magical time, or it'll do it because you'll say to yourself, how the fuck was I so goddamn stupid to believe the shit in that movie? Excuse me, that TV show. How was I so stupid to believe that TV Well, it really was like a bunch of movies. But how was I so dumb to believe this TV show? Any of it. Any of it. I don't care if it was loosely based on the Laura Ingalls Wilder books or very based. The show's stupid. When you think about it. It may be fun in a way, but the way it describes certain types of problems, it's it's absurd. Charles Ingalls <laughs> has a fucking Davy Crockett musket. I mean, all of his friends have Winchester lever action. That's no bullshit. But he has one of these fucking rinky-dink Davy Crockett muskets. I'm in season four, and he still has it. I'm waiting for him to recognize that it's almost the year 1880, and maybe it's about time you get yourself a repeating rifle, shithead. You know... I mean, he gets in a fight, he gets in the scuffles, he doesn't carry a revolver, maybe nobody did, I mean, that's the thing, it was Minnesota, maybe Minnesota's always been kind of commie, you know, the Swedes, come on, the Swedes, fucking Swedes and Norwegians and Danes. Charles Ingalls started a farm and there was a terrible hailstorm they lost their first crop so he ends up working in a quarry with some weirdo with some Englishman maybe he was Irish maybe he was Cockney he was the powder monkey And this powder monkey was playing with his powder and his dynamite and whatnot because you know Charles and Mr. Edwards just well, was it was it Mr. Edwards at this point? No, it wasn't. Charles just won the drilling competition, drilling the stone with some random dude. I think he was some type of German or Russian. But the point is he just won the competition and then the powder monkey blows himself up. Then Laura adopts a raccoon. She names the fucker Jasper. It got bigger and angrier. Jasper bites Laura. Jasper the raccoon bites the dog Jack. Then it runs away. And it comes back and kills a chicken. And and Charles kills the fucking raccoon, but he figures out it's rabid, maybe, or probably. But that rabid raccoon wasn't Jasper. So Laura's not dying. That's good news. Caroline Ingalls is pregnant. Caroline Ingalls is pregnant. You know, she has she's she's pregnant. And um yeah, but but she loses the baby and Laura Ingalls kind of wanted the baby dead. She sort of prayed to the Lord, kill this baby. So Laura gets upset, goes to the mountains, meets Ernest Borgnine. (laughs) He pretends he's some kind of fucking angel. And Laura learns a lesson and everything's fine. Harriet Olsen's niece, Kate, visits Walnut Grove. She's young and sexy and into Doc Baker. And they go on rides together... Doc Baker shows her, shows her his, you know, his mushroom top, you know, rod. She rides the rod while they're riding. They go out to the countryside, you know. Doc Baker and little Kate, they fall in love. But Doc Baker thinks he's too old so they don't get married. Oh, fuck. The town is upset that an alcoholic father, John Stewart, beats his son. Yes, John Stewart beats his son, Graham. Caroline takes in Graham while Charles stays with John and works him hard to help him stay sober. John is able to overcome his problems and realizes inner aspects of himself. Fuck this bullshit. I'm so fucking tired of it. The Ingalls are on their way home from Mankato. They get stuck in a blizzard. Some crazy-ass Indians being chased by marshals. His name is Jack Lamehorse, this crazy Native American. They save Jack Lamehorse because Jack Lamehorse saves Charles. And then the Marshal's there, and they all come to an understanding, and everything's okay. Great. The Ingalls have a neighbor. Her her name is Julia Sanderson. She learns she's going to die soon. This is very, very poignant. She goes to Charles Ingalls and says, listen, I got these three kids. These three kids. I love these kids. I'm dying. Lord's taking me home. Will you take these three children and find homes for them? You know, Mr. Ingalls. yes, 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 and Charles tries to find a home, but then Mr. Edwards figures out he likes Grace Snyder, and he feels sad about not wanting to have children, because he'd already lost children, Mr. Edwards, we all love that guy, and he says, listen, Grace, baby, I'm already stooping you three out of seven days a week. We're like, we're country married already. Why don't we get married and adopt these three children? Yeah, that's great. John Sanderson, however, is not like Mr. Edwards. John is into poetry and history and words. Mr. Edwards is into guns and whiskey and poker and, you know, boovula. But Mr. Edwards wants to buy John a special present. He buys him a Winchester 73. Why don't you fucking buy Charles a Winchester 73, you shithead, Mr. Edwards? Anyways. And he buys, you know, the kid a Winchester 73, but fuck, you know, goddammit. I gotta keep going. This is too slow. Charles' mom dies. He has issues with his dad. His dad ends up visiting because Charles goes to visit him and figures out he's like really depressed, but he doesn't understand depression. So he starts shaming his dad. But somehow in the show, shaming depressed people works. And yeah, he comes back to Walnut Grove and lives in the old Soddy, which looks nicer than where I live actually. And it's 2023, add to reasons to be depressed. So he lives in the old Saudi, and then there's an accident with, you know, with, with Laura's horse, Bunny. Bunny hits a fucking, you know, fence. Oh, fuckers having fences. And Bunny dies, but, you know, Charles' dad promised Bunny wouldn't die. Fuck, I can't take this goddamn shit. Laura and Mary, they receive an assignment. They're supposed to go into the woods, they're supposed to collect some bugs, but they took Carrie, and Carrie is garbage people, the writers for this show use Carrie like a flaming car. Yes, Carrie is garbage people. Carrie's garbage people. So, you know, Mary and Laura, because Miss Beetle said, go collect some fucking bugs because, you know, out in the countryside we need to do something with our time so we'll torture some fucking bugs. Jesus is okay with that, right, Miss Beetle? And so Miss Beetle has Laura and Mary and all of her students out in the woods looking for bugs. Carrie comes along with Laura and Mary, but Laura and Mary are upset about Carrie. So Carrie's all alone. Carrie's all alone. And she goes wandering and falls down a well. If you can't figure out the rest of this story on your own, you're a dumbass. But anyways, there's an old alcoholic who needs some kind of fucking redemption. He's a former minor engineer. Mr. Hansen hates him because he stole Mr. Hansen's girlfriend. Whatever. Mr. Loudy helps out. And help save Carrie. I don't think we I don't think we ever really figure out what happens to that garbage person. But but he's another garbage person like Carrie, just to be flushed down the toilet little house. Oh, really outhouse a little house. A little Indian boy and his mama. they come to Walnut Grove. His name is Spotted Eagle. His father was murdered by the marshals because he went off the reservation because he wanted food. But the woman's father is ashamed that his daughter, his white daughter, had sex with a Native American. And so he doesn't have a good relationship with this child, the Sioux Indian boy, Joseph Stokes, aka Spotted Eagle. But it all works out. We're okay with that. Mary needs an operation. You know what? Mary needs something could be the name of Little House on the Prairie. Mary needs glasses. Mary needs an operation. Mary's going blind. Mary needs a new dress. Mary needs to go to Chicago. Mary wants the spelling bee. Mary, Mary, Mary. Mary, yeah, the whole fucking Little House show could be called Mary Needs X. Talk about dead weight. (laughs) Yeah, but, you know, Charles takes the job to work, you know. and, And again, when you see these jobs that Charles goes on, understand that whatever his name was, Landon, blah, 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 he was already writing the scripts for Highway to Heaven. Because every fucking little journey he goes on, especially if Mr. Edwards is there, am I right? It's like a Highway to Heaven episode. Oh, this time, you know, he's going to the, to the tunnel, tunneling for the train people, but there are Chinese people there being treated like crap. And so, yeah, Ingalls can come along and he's got a shithead attitude at first, but then he looks out for the Chinamen, so that makes it okay. That's racist. I didn't write the show. You know. I mean, in terms of critical race theory, there's a lot of really fun stuff in Little House on the Prairie. I'm surprised it hasn't been canceled yet. (laughs) Slavery has been abolished even on Little House, but a little boy shows up named Solomon Henry. And and Solomon tries to sell himself to Mr. Ingalls. Mr. Ingalls thinks that's funny. So does Carolyn. Understand that one of the messages of this episode is slavery's kind of funny. But Solomon Henry shows up to harsh their buzz. Yeah, he harshes their buzz. He tells them a little bit of truth. And when I say a little bit of truth, that's exactly it. Um, And then, really, the the episode ends by Solomon going back to his sharecropper family who are likely going to be set on fire at some point because some, you know, white sharecropper wants the land. And, And I'm not trying to oversimplify racism in the South, but, you know, this is Minnesota. And how did he get from Mississippi or Alabama or Virginia to Minnesota? That's a, that's a long trip for a young African-American kid in the late 1870s. I mean, there's a lot of backlash, KKK shit going on at that time. But anyways. Believe what you will, on a hot day after school, Laura and Mara, Mary invite one of their garbage friends, Ellen, to go swimming. But Ellen drowns in the water. Ellen drowns in the water. They blame Mr. Busby... Because he's kind of weird. Ellen drowned. Because she's garbage people. And Mr. Busby gets shot. Because he's garbage people too. Just like Carrie. Just like Carrie garbage. (laughs) As Charles is working on an addition for the home, a handyman shows up and makes love to Caroline. I mean, kind of. The Ingalls family goes to a fair in a nearby town, but Garbage Child, Garbage Baby, she gets lost. She takes a nap in the basket of a hot air balloon. She's Garbage Baby fucking Carrie. They treat her like shit, the writers of this show. And maybe that's the, the Laura Wilder stories. Like maybe it is really this narcissistic inner rewriting of history that is a reflection not so much of, you know, the late 19th century in Minnesota, but maybe more of a reflection of some disturbed place inside of Laura Engle Wilder's head. I don't know. I'm not interested. That's a research project from for some lit clit PhD, someplace at Brown, maybe at Stanford, fuck you. I don't care. All I know is if it's a well, I mean, yeah, the show could be called Mary Needs. Another show, another good name. If this show were made in Denmark in the 19th century, in some sort of Danish country setting with Danish names, believe it or not, this could work. And they all they're all speaking Danish. The title of the show would be Carrie is Garbage in Danish. Carrie's garbage. We're very sad about this. We'll we'll cry. But she's garbage. Anyways. More Native Americans show up in town. That's kind of racist. Mary takes a teaching, teaching position in some weird backwoods place where there's a cult leader like Jim Jones by the name of Miss Peel. In fact, it's funny. This show is probably airing about the same time of the whole Jonestown thing. Maybe a year later, maybe about the same time, this episode was in a time frame of Jonestown. And so Miss Peel is a kind of a Jim Jones. She can't read no good. That's another common theme on Little House is a lot of people have these poignant, I got to admit I can't read. Mr. Edwards can't read. That little black kid can't read. This other person can't read. Oh, the, the older boy can't read, you know, dumb Abel can't read. Fuck. Brothers and sisters, there are school districts in every major city in this country where the kids can't fucking read. And it's the year 2023 Bo Blimp So you need to fucking meditate on how absurd it is for me to think about how dumb Abel couldn't fucking read. Fuck you. But anyways, Mary, little Mary, yeah, Mary wants, Mary needs. Mary takes a teaching position in the backwoods. And she ends up doing one of these, like, I don't know what how to call it, from Sir with Love bullshit. You know, I'm going to teach you new ways. I'm going to teach you about hope and love. You know, stand and deliver. Stand and deliver bullshit. But she's up against Miss Peel. And Miss Peel is a local Jim Jones. And she's preaching a really crooked version of the Bible because I don't think she can read. Yeah. Certainly, she doesn't want people in the community reading. And by the way, the fact that Miss People Peel doesn't want people in her community reading the Bible understand that for most of the history of the, of the Roman Catholic Church, you know, for most of its history, it did not want people to read. Okay. It did not want people to read the Bible in their own language. Okay? And for many of the people of Europe who were mostly dirt-ass poor throughout the Middle Ages, um they didn't read Latin. They didn't read Greek. So understand that for most of the period of history just following the death of Christ, the people that claimed ownership of Christianity were a lot like Miss Peel. Okay? Charles takes Mary to a specialist because her eyesight gets worse. Oh, my God. You know, Mary is just more special garbage people than Carrie. Yeah, Charles takes Mary to a specialist. Her eyesight gets worse. She goes blind. She falls in love with Adam. Later in the fucking series, right before the end, really, Adam hits an explosion. Adam is blind when Mary meets him. Adam gets his sight back from an explosion. Adam's blind when Mary meets him. He gets his sight back. He wants to become a lawyer. Ooh. But he'll still have a blind wife, right? The Ingalls and Olsons and Garveys decide to do what so many sitcoms and drama series back in the day would do. You know, kind of like, yeah, uh, the Brady Bunch. They all decide to go to Hawaii. No. They decide to move to to Winoka. They decide to move to Winoka. They move to Winoka because of Mary. They spend time in Winoka. Winoka, they find a garbage kid named Albert. The garbage kid becomes, you know, Charles' garbage boy. Fuck. This is just the worst. After spending a couple episodes in Winoka, Iowa, whatever, the, the, the clan, like the Brady Bunch, comes back from Hawaii, and they find Mr. Hansen had a stroke, and all of Walnut Grove is turned to shit. Charles spends most of his time with his new little garbage boy named Albert, the one he met in Winoka. This makes Laura jealous Like she was with the baby Like she was when she wished the baby dead When she met Ernest Borgnine But, you know, Laura takes the calf to a show and she reveals that Albert, like, you know, took care of the calf and they all, like, hug each other and it's okay. Albert takes a job working for a Jewish person. Who could have seen this coming? (laughs) Ha ha. Of course, the Jewish person is persecuted in Walnut Grove. There's a pogrom. Mr. Hansen recovering from his stroke and Doc Baker and other freaks decide to have a pogrom. It's a very old world thing to do, right? But Albert stands up for the woodcarver, woodcarver even though they call him a Jew lover. And, and the woodcarver teaches Albert the value of pride and tradition. Now meditate on pride and tradition, because you could probably think of this different ways. Especially the way the word pride, as a word, as a concept, has been hijacked by a lot of folks in terms of ideology. So, Because again, you say pride, you think pride, you think pride month. You think lesbian, gay, you know, transsexual, queer, whatever. You think pride month. But the reality is, folks, the word pride ap- applies generically, no matter how you see your gender or your sexual preference. Pride and tradition. And, and on the tradition topic, let's meditate on this for a second. Whatever the fuck is coming out of Disney and the major networks and Hollywood, whatever the fuck you want to call it, is coming out of Netflix and all the channels and everything. It's not one, it's everything. I don't care if it's Hulu, Netflix, whatever. Whatever the fuck you want to call what comes off of Fox and FX and CNN and all that crap, tradition is is not a word I would use. Okay? So it's funny. It's funny, the story of the Jewish woodcarver. And it's kind of an insulting story, too, because, again, you know, Jesus was a carpenter. Well, or was he a fisherman? He was a fisher of men... And now I'm going to get emails. Dan, you can't do that. Did I just take his name in vain? No. I was a bit flippant, though. And I'm sure Jesus is going to give me a speech. Oh, two men need money. Wow. They bring anthrax to Walnut Grove. Folks, this little episode is is like totally the monkey herpes, except the monkey herpes wasn't real. The anthrax was. But in terms of shitheads wanting to make money, man. Okay. Albert falls in love with Sylvia. Yeah. But Sylvia gets raped. And again, maybe this is something that happened a lot. Again, I was told in college that everybody got raped back in the day. It's just nobody talked about it. But what if that's not actually true? Or rather, what if there's no way to prove it? There really isn't. You know, it's funny, the same fuckers who will throw around Hanlon's razor. They'll do it. They'll toss around. Well, you can't know, you might as well blame incompetence. If you can't know about what they're doing, 9-11, incompetence. If you can't know what they're doing, COVID-19, fucking incompetence. But with a fucking laser beam of precision, these same motherfuckers will tell me, oh yeah, everybody was raped back then. Yeah. How the fuck do you know that, shithead? You're telling me Hanlon's razor, except when it comes to shit that you can only verify from books. Books written by people <laughs> that are humans, and like you said, we're probably fucking rapists. I don't know. Anyway, Sylvia gets raped. It's very, very sad and scary. Albert's sad because Sylvia is his kind of girlfriend. She gets pregnant, has to move away because that's what happened back in the day. You didn't get an abortion. you, You moved away or your kid went to spend time with old Aunt Grievous who probably did abortions. Anywho, they find the rapist and he's garbage people, but he ends up killing Sylvia This is sad. Oh, Charles goes to Walnut Grove to do this and that. Albert doesn't feel well. He gets the cancer. Do you remember that episode? I think it was the last season where Albert gets cancer. And, and, as, and this could be a Mandela effect thing, by the way, because I remember it kind of ending with Charles taking Albert to, like, some mountain grotto he builds. He builds a little church up there. He builds of stone and wood, and he has Albert up there, and he prays, and there's a lightning bolt, and my impression is, is God cures Albert. But honestly, folks... I'm gonna plead the Mandela. I haven't actually gotten to re-watching this one yet. I'll give you a report back on the Mandela Effect. And then sometime in a few weeks, if I'm not too goddamn lazy, I'll finish my essay on a different perspective of, of superposition in the context of Schrodinger's Cat and how it allows linear time travel and how it would explain the Mandela Effect. But I gotta get off my ass and finish that essay. And I don't care to, because all this shit is falling apart. That's Little House in the Prairie. If you want to talk about garbage people and what garbage people do, that's Little House in the Prairie for you, okay? Fucking Little House in the Prairie. You know, I'm tempted to close this podcast out on this because I'm already, holy shit, 50 minutes almost. So I'm going to close out on this one. I'm going to close out on this one and say the main topic for today was Little House. But yeah, I didn't go over every fucking episode just now. But it's a lot of very poignant, painful bullshit. And it is bullshit. I'm not saying that the books weren't true, maybe they were, but the show itself seemed to be a vehicle for a lot of crap. And like I said, you know, if you ever watched that show Highway to Heaven a lot of the little adventures that, you know, Charles goes on even without Mr. Edwards. Because he didn't have Mr. Edwards in the quarry in season one. He just had that happy-go-lucky Englishman powder monkey shithead that blew himself up. That was great for a fucking kid to see in the year 1974, Bo Blimpdock, You're a four-year-old kid. You like the English dude. He's kind of funny. He blows himself up that's kind of fucking shocking people but he was garbage you know he was garbage a lot of the characters on little house are garbage from the perspective of the writers he was garbage carrie was garbage mr edwards was almost garbage (laughs) if you like this podcast um especially when I rant about Little House in the Prairie, you can donate to it. There is a link to PayPal in the notes for Spotify, um, Anchor, and my own blog, my own website, planetarystatusreport.com. But please make sure you take care of your food, your water, your shelter. Make sure you take care of the people you love and care about. Make sure you've put aside some food. I know I sound crazy because in 2019... Again, a few years ago, I told people that I thought a great famine was coming. I, I still think I'm right. I think where I miscalculated, in part, was based upon information I thought was true that turned out to be false. Um, a lot of bad information. And if you can hear the dogs screaming in the distance, they're just whining. We had some Raytheon snow last night, and if it's melted enough, I'll probably try to take them on a W or two. Who knows? But I can't even say the word walk at a distance because they can hear it and they get all angry. Needless to say, um, I think there's going to be some issues with food coming up in the near future. I could be wrong. Um, I really could be wrong, but I don't think I am. And if I'm off by a couple years, understand this. These types of events, in my opinion, are going to be so big and so far they're not really being described, described correctly. Everything's still described in terms of recessions and hyperinflation and deflationary depressions and whatnot and I don't think any of this applies. I think best case scenario economic collapse is the best description for what's happening right now and is going to happen rapidly in the near future. Best case scenario, the collapse of the dollar, and a daisy chain of many other things that are going to turn to shit. And that's if we're lucky. You know? If we're not lucky... And again, this last winter brought me no fucking confidence on the idea that I'm wrong. Th- this winter was fake as fuck. Um, fake as fuck bullshit. And so many people have been suckered by it. But it was all fake. It was one giant let's have snow for the ski lodge. Interestingly enough the weather in many places in this country, which they didn't talk about, was, you know, unseasonably warm. And I believe the major ski resorts in Western Europe didn't really open up this year. And they had weather for much of the year that was ridiculously warm. I mean, absurdly warm. So yeah, we had our make-believe giant snowstorm in the West. And I'll make a prediction. It may have added a few feet to a couple reservoirs, but by August... Maybe even by July, uh, California and Nevada and Arizona will be in the same drought mess they were in before. Period. Same fucking drought mess, same drought situation, exactly like they were before. Period. It's not a bold prediction. It's based upon the math. No matter how much snow... they gave us this year, it doesn't really make up for 20 years of drought. It doesn't. I know you want to believe it because it's a nice American Death Star, let's go get a cheeseburger thing to believe, but it's bullshit. By July, if not August, the drought situation will be as bad or worse. And did you notice the sublimation? Now, I'm at a higher altitude, so I'm not a good test. But did you notice how rapidly the snow converted? it didn't really convert to a liquid form. It went directly to vapor. Well, that's usually the result of chemical nucleation. So anywho, folks, best case scenario, you're looking at the dollar collapse. Worst case scenario, I don't even want to describe to you how shitty things could get because I think we're being lied to. I think the climate change, global warming nonsense is a multiple-layer lie that the actual truth is scarier and less exciting like, like most horrible things are way scarier but in a way less exciting or interesting that the real truth could be banal the real truth could be here is a landmine here is an unexploded bomb from 20,000 years ago it was always going to go off and when it went off yeah the Earth's temperature would change. It doesn't mean the end of the world. It just means that what we've gotten used to for the last seven, eight, nine, ten thousand 10,000 years is about to rapidly change. And do I think our government would lie about that? Are you fucking kidding me? You wanna to get to the truth at this point, why don't you look to the words and ideas in the margins? Why don't you look to the papers and the links and the articles that nobody talks about? Have you heard of Professor Shekova? Have you heard of the Eastern Siberian Arctic Shelf? Answers are, answers are, unless you listen to my podcast, probably, you never fucking have, you never fucking will. So best case scenario, we're looking at a pretty terrible multi-decade human disaster. Worst case scenario, I've said this before, bros and hoes, and I'll say it again. 20,000 years ago... Excuse me. Twenty thousand years from now, the lizard people, or the dog people, or the crow people, will be doing their fucking archaeology, and they'll and, and they'll and they'll have their ancient books. And in their ancient books, they'll have five hundred words to describe seven thousand years of human civilization. And the title of the paragraph will be "The Downfall of the Garbage People." Yeah. Sorry for the rant, but. You can donate if you want to. You don't have to. I am not going to play pretend. I'm not going to tell you there's another better option than the collapse of the U.S. dollar. If you're a praying person, if you're an optimist, you should buy physical gold, physical silver. You should probably have 6 to 12 months worth of food, and you should not be living in any major city, period, if you're an optimist. If you're a pessimist, brothers and sisters, it's it's not as bad as some shithead harlequin named Al Gore or shithead clown named Greta Thunberg is telling you, it's probably way worse, you know? Sorry. And it probably has zero to do with your fucking cheeseburgers and your SUVs. It probably has zero to do with the cows or anything else. It was probably always going to happen. Do you fucking hear what I'm saying? Whether it's a caldera volcano going off Or massive amounts of frozen organic material rapidly converting, not what they're told today, linear, because that's bullshit, but in that geometric, nonlinear way that when people were still taught a few things, like when I was a fucking kid, and by the time the show's over, some shitheads believe we could be in Venus syndrome if we're unlucky. I don't think that's gonna happen. I'm a Christian. There's nothing in the Bible that leads me to believe that's about that, you know, that's gonna happen. No. Do I think a clathrate gun event, God I just said it could be linked to an Antichrist? Yeah, it's exactly the kind of stage that an Antichrist would want to stand on. and it would give you all the it would give you all the boiling seas and all the terrible things you find in Daniel and Revelation and many other forms of prophecy in the Old and New Testament. It gives you everything. It gives you the drama. It doesn't even matter if it's true because it is the perfect stage for the Antichrist. So who the fuck knows? All I know is this. Best case scenario, you should be prepared for some crazy fucking shit. Best case scenario, you should be prepared to accept that a lot of people who are alive today will not be alive in 10 years. And if you want someone to tell you happy, shiny, oh, we're going to space, we're going to Mars, we're all going to live to be 5 billion years old, we're going to eat crickets, but they'll taste like pizza, then why don't you listen to Joe Rogan or go fucking one of those TED Talk YouTube channels. They will tell you you'll eat crickets, it'll taste like pizza, you'll fly to fucking Mars, and you'll live like a fucking king. I delude myself, I sometimes say to myself, well shit, Dan, maybe you'll be really successful as a podcaster. Again, I'd have to get over trying to tell the truth. But if I could just become a better liar and not just do fiction, but just make up bullshit, Bullshit that makes people happy. Talk about some new crypto project being started by Ted Chang. There's no Ted Chang. Maybe there is, but the fact that I just pulled it out of my butt is irrelevant. There's a new crypto project by Ted Chang. They call it Laser Crypto. McDonald's and Burger King are adopting it. And yeah, I'm going to suddenly have a million listeners next year. Either because A, there is a kind of censorship that happens to people like me. I'm not special. Or B, maybe I am a shitty podcaster, but magically I become less shitty in 2024. But off. could happen. What I'm telling you is, if you have the money to donate, you can. In this long-winded rant, if you want to donate, you can. I can use the money. I got to pay April rent. And April rent is about 500 bucks. And I don't have it. So if you felt like you were super rich and you wanted to donate, hell, if you're one of these crypto optimists and techno optimists and you think we're going to orbit the moon next year but you like my podcast because I, I make you laugh, then why, why don't you put up or shut up if you're so fucking rich? But the reality is the people that listen to my podcast are probably in almost as bad shape as me. The reality is, most of the people, the normal everyday people I know, even the ones living in a nice home in a nice neighbor, the re- neighborhood. The reality is, most of these fuckers are cash-strapped. Most of these fuckers are not doing so great. They'll lie about it, but they're not doing so great. Most of these fuckers don't understand that no matter how bad it is right now, no matter how bad it's been since they've been a kid, what they're about to experience. No one in living memory can testify to. No one. And that's best case scenario. So if you want to donate to this shitty podcast, you can. You don't have to. For Tuesday, April the 4th, 2023, Bo Blimp Talk. Go out, have fun, be good, be happy. Disco the night away with a woman you love. And go watch some little house in the prairie. Cuz for some of you motherfuckers. That'd probably be a pick-me-up. I mean, especially if you're a mega head. If you're a mega head, fucking, why don't you just turn on the little house? Turn on the little house. You can dream of how things used to be better, you know, in a different time. Yes, but for Tuesday, Tuesday. For Tuesday. April the 4th, 2023. Have a great rest of your day.